welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books once we get the Criffin microphones working. Uh, also, fake fets and fiery foreigners and fiber optic cables for way too long. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, you almost didn't get an episode. <laughs> Because when you know it, uh, I turned on the recording program that we use. I won't name it by name to disparage it, but let's say the initials are AA. And if you turn it on without the microphones plugged in, all of your preset settings for your microphones will then be disappeared <laughs> from even being chosen as options a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Nonetheless, we this week it. we're going to talk about chapters 37 through 40. <laughs> D yes. <laughs> <laughs> of Fate of the Jedi book seven conviction. And in these chapters, we are getting so close to the end that things kind of start happening. Yeah. Things ramp up a little bit. They do. We get up a ramp as Tim says, but first bum, bum, bum. Previously on forever. Canon Condra reports for Skywalker getaway duty. Firebomb yoga. Sith. Tracks Alana and Tenelka. Dala plays chicken with Boom Boom Boy. Breakout Babes and Boba Fett is back. And when you know that's exactly where we pick up. Chapter 37, where Tahiri follows Boba Fett as he breaks Dala out of this maximum security prison while she's hidden inside of a medical gurney. Yeah. Uh, Tahiri jumps on the back of this medical gurney, hitches a ride. As it speeds up to speeder speeds. Because it's not a medical gurney. It's a motorcycle. Yeah. It's a space motorcycle. It's the whole... That's a pretty cool getaway plan, right? <laughs> Get uh, on this gurney that's actually a motorcycle. Yeah, like the fake lawyer that came to talk to Dala switched into like scrubs or something like that. And then they had a medical gurney waiting. And then Boba Fett is providing cover on the way out. It's just... A, it was a cool... A, I, I like the idea of a medical gurney... That's actually a rocket ship motorcycle. <laughs> Just strap into that bed and hold the frick on to them railings. Man. Yeah. The criff on, if you will. Anyways, as the rocket gurney arrives at Slave 1, Tahiri salutes a mouth agape Dala, thanks her for the rescue, and jumps the pedway railing into the giant chasm that is most of Coruscant. Yeah, just hops hops off. <laughs> just down. hops she off goes. the railing of the of the floaty sidewalk. She's like, thanks, salute. And as we've seen so many times through this series, like Luke got one from Vistara. I think mm -hmm. Vistara gave one to someone else or bet or bended. And then now Tahiri's doing it. Anyways, pretty slick, badass move by Tahiri and a mm -hmm. great escape overall <laughs> unseen. Nobody knows that she's gone. I mean, until they know she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, going to figure it out. But you know, Hey, bang, boom, that big boom, boom worked. Cut to Dala shocked. Knees someone in the balls getting back to Slave One <laughs> with not Boba Fett. She, yeah. She's looking him over, right? His armor looks too weak. How does he have a hole in the chest plate of his armor from a simple laser blast? He uh, His antenna's broken? That's not what... The voice is right, though. Mm-hmm. Everything about him looks off. The modulated voice coming from his helmet is <laughs> yeah. the right modulation. <laughs> and we cut to... Galactic Alliance security chases Slave One aground. 
as they take off from the prison, they get caught by security and Slave One lands. And wouldn't you know, it's a decoy, Tim. Yeah. And we Fett cut, knows what he's doing. And we cut to real Boba Fett removing his fake armor disguise. It was him inside the fake armor the whole time. This is a great, that's a pretty genius ploy is to make, is for him to be the rescuer, but to make it look like someone pretending to be him <laughs> yeah. being the rescuer so that everybody's like, that couldn't possibly be Boba Fett. He got shot. Look at that hole in his armor. Yeah. His antenna's broken. Whatever. whatever. He's not quite as accurate. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. the little like, pieces of information that they uh, allow to be assumed by the populace mm-hmm. are going to end up being a genius way to make an imposter of himself. And Dalla and Fett, not in the slave one. Yeah. That was a decoy. Yeah. They head to a mysterious place of resources and alliances. Resources and alliances foolishly set aside years ago, Dalla says. Where are they going, Tim? Yeah, where are they going? And who are they going to? And who it, are all these resources that Dalla has? Yeah, are they her alliances or someone else's that she's going to take advantage of? Hey, you were set aside by this guy. Is she going to the obvious place where it seems everyone else is going at this point in the book? Somewhere out near the Maw, where she's from? Mm-hmm. Like, Luke's at Namcorios with Ben and Vistara. We know all the Sith are going there. We know Abeloth is there. Valen and Gisela have gone there. Like, I don't know. Is, it, is that where she has resources? And connections? I can't see that. It's a pretty <laughs> I, backwater planet. but Well, I mean, the Maw is just a giant place. Uh, Non-Koryos, you mean, yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. Maybe she's just heading out with Boba Fett to that region of space. Yeah. Forgotten alliances and resources. I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea. Don't understand. Chapter 38. Clatooine. Or Caridon Day, a.k.a. Yoga Sith, a.k.a. Dreamy Fireman, is watching dog kids play space football. He spots the Solos and Hapens and assesses their security with a potential bomb football distraction. The kids are playing football. He paid one of them to kick something near the queen. And then, you know, the team has to react. The security team has to react mm-hmm. to the threat of a football, which could be a bomb. Right. Yeah, just seeing how how vigilant they are and well he comes to some pretty quick conclusions uh the droids r2 and c3po they can get to her they tried to protect one hapen and he's like that must be tunnel and then it's this whole slow boil tension scene but this guy's smart for sure you know Mm -hmm. he's figuring everything out he's dangerous alana's had dreams about him and we cut to alana and Javon having some cute bonding moments on another keep the bid, the bid, keep the bid kizzy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. On another one of them, keep the kid busy sightseeing tours around this uh, encampment, right? Where, you know, grandma and grandpa have to save the world. Yep. So take your security team around and show her. A time-wasting time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just show her around. Teach her. More about the, how security uh, works. Yeah. Like he's been doing. And she feels, quote, 
a thrill of dread. Obviously, to us, right away, I'm like, oh, she feels it in the pores. Mm-hmm. Not only does she feel it, she sees it. There was just a man walking away from her, his head bowed in thought. He wore garments consistent with the others in the camp, anonymous and practical. He was tall, lean, probably a human, though from the back, with his features concealed by the sun hood he wore, she could not be sure. He reminded her a little of her father, alone and resolute, and yes, somehow dark. Perhaps it was that comparison, that realization that did it. Now a little twinge in the forest told her there was something in this man to worry her. She's on to the yoga Sith, the big fireman from her dreams, right? She spotted him. He spotted her. And now it's kind of just a tense race to the finish. Yep. But she gets the chill from the force, man. She's like four, five, six, seven years old, maybe. And... That's I know, fun. I know. That's so fun. Her first steps into the force. Yeah. Which we've seen going all the way back to book one, right? Where uh, Han and Leia went to Kessel and she was bouncing around out there in, in the no gravity. And she felt a voice coming from the void. Her eyes looking at her or something like that. Yeah. Right? The tentacles reaching out for her or something. Yeah. But I mean, this is, this is bad news. Like this is a f- fully grown ass Sith man. She's mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. And he's like got sights on her and she's going to try and, I don't know, put two and two together about how to jump on his back like she did in the dream, right? And stop the firebomb, man. And she she sensed him. She had to be obviously pretty close. Yeah. Because she can see him and judge his demeanor. Yeah, she like sees him walking away. And yeah. And that catches her attention. And But you got... Leia and Tenelka got nothing. Right. I know. Like there's way stronger force users hanging around, but I guess they're distracted. Yeah. Politics. She's a bit. Well, I mean, maybe it's more because Alana specifically has had this dream that she hasn't told anybody about. So she's kind of on the lookout for a specific thing, but they should all be on high alert. (laughs) Like first of all, the queen's here. Second of all, you're in a place full of, Dangerous misfits that are fighting for freedom. Yeah, yeah, they all got weapons. Yeah, good luck. And you don't. Maybe that's why too. There's just this general undercurrent of danger and threat to the whole yeah, thing. That'll do maybe it. I don't know. But she gets the chill from the force. She knows what it meant. She follows this man, and she makes herself small in the force. She's doing force stuff, Tim. Yep. I wonder. That's got to be something that somebody like taught her or said hey you can do this you should practice who do you think her dad Uh, yeah i guess her dad did yeah because a big part of when he kidnapped her was hiding her yeah yeah so he probably had lots of practice taught him or she taught her i can't the the, i can't get my pronouns there (laughs) the person thought the other person (laughs) it was taught yes it was (laughs) and alana just thinks just maybe this guy might be the nightmare fire guy. He might be a kid. He just might be. <laughs> we cut to Han and Leia and Tenel Ka, as you discussed before, busy politicking. They're not, not feeling out in the forest for any superior dangers, apparently. But they're in here talking shop with all the wannabe free slaves. 
Leia simplifies the deadlock that's happening, apparently, between the two sides. Mm-hmm. She she boils it down for Han, a.k.a. us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she, what, she's, instead of listening to all the competing arguments, we're just getting a summarization, right? Appreciate it. Basically, the dogs can't agree on a new leader. Too many breeds. Mm-hmm. And nobody trusts nobody. So, Han has illusions. What? it's tough today yeah yeah i'm rattled from not getting the mics to work for 45 whole minutes uh anyways listen han has a solution to solve this political deadlock and the solution is called quote trust me because never communicate a plan never force everybody to react to you blindly in support always anyways the plan amounts to Insult Padnell the dog man. Shove a blaster in his face to prove he's still a slave to his emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That's so just. I don't know. A a high school locker room version of what a, a man confrontation should be. This is like. This is like the wrong way to go about having an emotional breakthrough, right? Yes. You want this man to realize that he's he's so quick to anger and he he as much as he wants to be free, if he doesn't control his emotions, his choices will always be governed by them. Mm-hmm. Let, let alone slavers. You can't just explain that to this man apparently with empathy or conversation. Threat. You have to <laughs> shove a gun in his face and be like, "I got you." Yeah. <laughs> and embarrass him in front of everybody. And that's how, that's how it works. Han explains it to Leia as a man pride thing. Just some real outdated views of masculinity it, it, coming out of the mouth of an 80-year-old man written yeah. by a 50-year-old man, to be fair. So, at the time, yeah. right? It is what it is. But, you know, it's also, it's also like a, it's a exciting action novel. Yeah, and it, you know, and, and it. It sh- it showed for me that as much as Han likes to play stupid with politics and yeah. that, oh yeah, he's, he's just as good as very at manipulating insightful. people. Very and, insightful. Yeah, and, and maybe I guess maybe to just show I don't know what are we trying to show that there is no way to reason with these slaves that you must teach them by force. What this, <laughs> you're, having, you're having a conversation already, right? That's the whole point of this is that it's a, what do you call that? When a bunch of groups come together, it's like a summit Yes. Uh, on slavery and how to stop it, <laughs> right? You're already having conversations. Would this not be the perfect time to have a conversation? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, Han Solo goes, the plan is called Trust Me, capital T, capital M, and it worked because man stuff. And, and ah, it's so dumb. And the whole, the whole thing, I can see... Like with why it would have to eventually progress to the point with Han doing this thing, right. if because th- this guy at the beginning of this was like, I want this and then this and this, and I'm not willing to sacrifice anything. Sure, I but get where it, how it could get to that point. I just mean it didn't like, have to be the first step though. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if this was written in 2021 by a, by a 50 year old man in 2021, it's probably the scene has more empathetic conversation and less gun in your face embarrassment yeah i don't know yeah because 
if we think about it in the long term, how is that? How does that help this guy, this dog man, who's now supposed to now be the leader of the Klaatuinians? You got embarrassed into leadership. Yeah, that's no good. How does? Yeah, that's not a good long term. No, it's not going to have anyone who is going to follow him. I don't know. There's so many confidence. So many cons to that pro. Yeah, it worked though. It worked because man stuff. (laughs) Chapter thirty nine. Hurricane base, Golan three, space defense, Nova gun above Nam Corios. Yeah, way too specific and way too long. Come on, Jesus. Gisela sneaks through this military service checkpoint on the big gun platform. She's doing some unknown thing to help, quote, the mistress of the true Jedi Order. Yep. The what? (laughs) Is that the ultimate goal of this brainwashing children at shelter? To create your own? take them as her own warriors? Yeah. Army of force-using people? I mean... That's always been on the table as a possibility, but this expression kind of makes it more explicit, I guess, as expression does. Yeah, the true Jedi Order. The true Jedi Order. Or is that just another means to an end? Is that just the way that she's positing things to the, to the people that she's trying to take over? She just makes it whatever version is more... More convincing Trustable for them. Trustable. Convincing, (laughs) Tim. You got it, buddy. Cut to (laughs) Crystal Valley. Luke, Ben, Vistara, Conda, and the Gamorrean cameraman have all found Abeloth's pump station hideout. Luke knows because nearby crystals feel so sad. Yeah, yeah, they're like (laughs) uneasy or whatever. Apparently it's been uh, some time along the getaway ride has become important for Conda to have pictures of Abeloth for her story. Mm-hmm. Because regular people hate magic and they don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I, they need proof. You got to believe that would be the way, right? The The belief of the masses is usually ignorance. I mean, look at what we see today. <laughs> yes. I don't understand it, so it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when in a, in a galaxy of trillions, quadrillions of people where like 30 of them have magic powers, <laughs> probably going to want pictures, I guess. Okay. It's become very, very important sometime along their drive and you're going to need them to convince the people, I suppose. Yeah. Cut to one hour later. Hey, guess what? Still hate that. Mm-hmm. It happens like 10 more times through through now to the end of the book. Yeah. That's the laziest writing, man. That's the lazy. It, you can't start that many paragraphs in a singular book with the same sentence. You simply yeah. can't. Yeah. And it's unless just... it's a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> like is one at one hour later, your catchphrase. Cause that sucks, buddy. Yeah. And I, it happens so often. That I just gloss over it, man. You know what it does? It makes me gloss through that paragraph, though. So I'm yeah. like, oh, you know what? This can't be important because that sentence is not important. Yeah. Like, it's such a throw. Uh, erase all of those words and just start with whatever the next word is. Yeah, it doesn't have. You don't. One hour later, Luke Skywalker did this. Erase one hour later. Yeah. 
Luke did a thing. Unless you know, the only way it's feasible in writing is if there is a time I've, limit. I've seen where you were going, yeah. and I like that a lot. That's the only way. If time is important and important in a way where it's something that the reader can track. Yes. Not just like this amorphous importance where we don't know what the deadline is. And then you say one hour later, that can work too, I guess, to build a, you know, a, a suspense that's um, less specific. Mm-hmm. But if you, you, if you know, we have three hours and then you go one hour later, Oh my God. But you use it 15 times in the book mm-hmm. and it means nothing. And it has no purpose. Yeah. So get rid of it. This is me now being of course, an expert writer. And editor. so <laughs> write that down. <sighs> One hour later. Anyways, I hate this writing device. They find a secret door in a torpedo field. Still one of my favorite words in Star Wars. And uh, Luke doesn't explain his plan. He calls it a Jedi secret. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So tired of that also. Mm-hmm. Pretty tired of the just the way the men just bully their way through all of their support. Yeah. I could absolutely use all of you as help all the time because you're all useful and powerful, but I refuse to let you help me, which is such a, a not man thing. What's the worst word like, for it? Like a hubris thing, like an ego thing. Yeah. It, but it's always just a tribe to masculinity, a tribe attributed <laughs> and ascribed to masculinity. Yeah. That's how I got there. That was a legitimate mistake. <laughs> But it's it okay is, to you know, it's always words. a tribe to be a part of manness. And uh, uh, I just, I, it's just, it's, it's like stereotype stuff. Yeah. I know what I'm doing and I don't have to tell you because it's going to work because I'm a man and I'm in charge. Like, wouldn't it just be better to tell the other magic people around you how, what you're going to do? And yeah. they can plan accordingly instead of having to do the Jason Solo plan of never think ahead only react <laughs> yeah yeah that, that didn't work out too well the way that these people behave and maybe that's why jason solo came to that understanding because that's the way he was raised by luke skywalker in the jedi temple and his father who just did the same thing back to back chapters yeah but i hate it cut to 10 minutes later okay <laughs> this is bad writing territory so it's in, in the last in the last those like are, page or so it's been an hour and twelve minutes. Those are two paragraphs yeah. that start that way back to back. One hour later, ten minutes later, dude, nobody cares. It's been an hour and twelve minutes. It's that's empty. Did you have a, a word count, a page limit that you had to get to? Because that's wasted breath. That's empty, empty air. Yeah, there's nothing in that. Repetition is boring as. Miss Kathy Sutz would once say back in grade six. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. We were doing poetry. And it was before we moved out to the portable. And she just was like, we're, I don't know. You know, kids rhyming. Yeah. 12 lines. You're going to get six of the same word, maybe from some, from some of the things that get handed in. And I'll never forget her giving this speech about repetition is boring. Yeah. One hour later. 10 minutes later yeah a, a teacher trying to teach a bunch of 12 year olds how to write and she was like she's always seemed like way smarter than what she what was she able was to doing. get across yes absolutely <laughs> you know what I mean? she always seemed us on a writing and art level for sure anyways anyways uh 
it's become now important to lay data cables. So yeah. that's what we spend time doing for an hour and 12 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Laying data cables down a set of stairs into the secret door that you found in the middle of the Tapato field to get pictures of the magic beast to convince the galaxy that they're in trouble. And then Luke says this. Quote. Use some space tape to affix that to the permacrete and disguise its presence. And plug up the hole I made. Let me just go back to them first four words again. <laughs> Use some space tape. Yeah. Who wrote this? Me? <laughs> Did I write this on the fly while that line playing for Star sure. Wars D and D? Yeah. Uh, uh, use some uh, space tape. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. That's really bad. That's really that's bad. You could even you can even make it sound. It's the means the same thing. If you just said adhesive ribbon, any anything other than space tape, any word before tape other than space. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because like these people live in space. You know what I mean? They probably don't call space things space anything. Yeah. You don't have a corporation called SpaceX. You don't have a suits called space suits. You just they are the things that you need to survive in regular life that you live. Yeah. When you call something space tape. <laughs> it's funny though. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be funny one hour later. Cut to Luke, Ben, and Vistara. They go into the hatch with a live hollow feed out to the rest of the galaxy. All right, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Luke asks Vistara to send a message to the Sith to come and help. Because I know you contacted them, but I know that you did it. For the good of the galaxy, right? Wink. <laughs> he doesn't give her a hard time. No. He's just like, make sure they come. Yeah, send him another message. Which is strange, isn't it? He doesn't seem to have to cast too much judgment over this. No. Um, maybe dark turn. Maybe bad guy move. Whatever she's up to. You know, he doesn't seem to care too much. Probably because it aligns with his goals of, hey, help them. Help them? Help you. Help me. Help me. Help them. Help you, me. Help us all help Anyways. each other help the galaxy. I guess it's part of his plan. But just call them for help and we're just going to keep moving right along. This is the worst chapter yet. Yeah, it's there's nothing. And I mean yet of the podcast. Ah. <laughs> I mean, this is the 39th chapter of the 16th book that we've read. This was the most useless span of words i've ever come across when you have two time jumps in a single chapter with the same characters it's because you're not doing anything interesting Mm -hmm. and i don't know luke and vistara should have had like a two-page long discussion about why did you call the sith and i want answers and here's why i want you to like yeah again but there's no exchange of information right yeah which is maybe just a pathological way that men are taught to think, and it comes out in the writing. I don't know, but I don't like it. As an explainer, as an over-explainer, I don't like it. <laughs> two, two, two or three to five sentences uh, per paragraph about data cables, though. Love that. Yeah, it's the, the wrong details. It's the wrong Dude, details. That's the perfect phrase that has crossed my mind several times reading the Aaron Alston books. He'll focus on. The name of the engine and the type of 
specifications that mm-hmm. it's been modded to on this particular wing of the particular ship and then not tell people what the plan is. Yeah. We spent sentences and sentences of words of space in this book, in this chapter, talking about how to lay the data cables and what they're made of and what, what you need to do and get the space tape and how you're going to do it. Wow. Yep. It's Why? This is the, <laughs> the wrong things to spend wrong time details, on. Man. Wrong details. The details are in your characters. The details can be in the environment to build the picture, to, to build the world, to paint where we are. But the details of interest are always in your characters. Yeah. Not in the fiber optic data cables. Yeah, yeah. They just, they rolled out some Ethernet cable. And, and it's funny too, because like he goes above and beyond to try hard to make science fiction sounding type of stuff when he's describing technology. Mm-hmm. The ships, you know, and all the details of that and, and the data cables and, and whatever it may be. And then space tape. <laughs> Chapter 40. Clatooine. Yoga, Sith, and crew are planning. 3PO and R2 are important. Also, get me a bomb that'll burn people to ashes. That's a good plan. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to explode. I want it to be napalm. I want, yeah. <laughs> Cut to Kip Duran arrives with Sothea Sar, Jedi slave expert, and Bandy Geffer, young apprentice. Also, a brand new Jedi, Rahara Lapti. Maybe not brand new, whom I don't think I've ever heard of hitherto. No, no, she's pretty brand new. Like, she she's looks, a Klaatuinian Jedi. That's why she came along. She's so but, young. She doesn't even have a saber. She's got her training saber. Right. Yeah. And she's just there for a, the dog show of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's a dog person. Yeah. <laughs> Recently watched Best in Show, by the way, after watching all of Shit's Creek and realizing how genius the dry mockumentary comedy of Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy is anyways mm-hmm. went back and watched best in show which I must have turned off in the first five minutes 12 years ago when I tried to watch it brilliant <laughs> it is so brilliant <laughs> your perceptions as you grow older just change so much I think just you know I, I thought this about about video games and stuff too I think I just didn't understand what they were doing even I didn't even understand at the time mockumentaries. That was like before The Office, which mm-hmm. really made mockumentaries more mainstream. But it started with Christopher Guest movies with Spinal Tap, right? Mm-hmm. That's where mockumentary genre kind of came to the spotlight. And, and those guys made them for years and years. Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy and the SCTV people or whatever, wherever they all worked, right? Yep. And I just don't think I ever understood what it was. Like, why is it so fake? And why is it so over-the-top stupid in some parts? It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I think mockumentary is the best media form ever. That's what I think. Write it down. Also, books are good. Back to the book. Who is this brand new Jedi I've never heard of? And is this dog going to die in the firebomb? Yeah, yeah, there's... um... There's one master, one Jedi Knight that we know, and then two that are unknown. That's what I thought was, all right, which one's going to die? Yeah, well, and whenever you get Kip introduced to a die. brand new character, when you're told, get me a big old bomb, two sentences earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Better look out, right? 
I don't know. Uh, Han and Leia come to greet all these Jedi and announce that they are being assigned here. Those GA and Jedi perks that we talked about with the slaves before, right? Mm-hmm. If you can non-violently overthrow your capital, <laughs> we will send Jedi to support you. A master, a knight, and whatever, right? Whatever they agreed to in the previous episodes. Yeah. There's them perks. Here they come. Right away. That's nice. That's good. Like, that makes the Jedi look good. Mm-hmm. Makes the GA look good, too, even though they're not really, they don't really have anything to do with this. No. Although... Saba Sabatine kind of running the Galactic Alliance right now. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem to factor in. Cut to Alana looking for the fiery man, keeping it secret, and 3PO goes missing. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to make 3PO into a bomb. Yeah, he's the delivery system for the bomb, for Which sure. Is genius. And a, and a really cool thread to tie back to the last chapter we came to this Querdon Day guy. Uh, where he was like, oh, 3PO and R2 went over to Tunnel Ka when there was a threat. Yeah, they can get close. Yeah, they can get close to the queen. And so, like, that served a purpose. That thing that we read. Yeah. Served a purpose and paid off later. Do they all? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what well, else happens. I'm going to be space tape. <laughs> we cut two. <laughs> Han and Leia don't give a criff that 3PO is missing. No, we'll look for him later. And they leave Alana to her secret mission. Terrible, disinterested, absent parents, a generation two. Yeah. Hey, we're busy. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get to him later. They're doing it all over again. Yeah. Like, come on, you guys. Didn't you notice? Like, when suspicious things would happen in the past in very important moments. It was usually bad guys doing stuff in the background. 3PO just went missing and you don't care a bit. And he's been missing all of like two times ever. (laughs) (laughs) R2 doesn't even know where he is. That's gotta be troublesome. No, they don't care. They just leave Alana to keep going on her search for the dreamy firebomb, man. Yeah. Will they doom Alana to a fiery death? That was loud. Or Tenelka? Or 3PO? That'd be sad. Yeah. <laughs> or fan oh, favorite no. Jedi Rahara Lapti? <laughs> <laughs> Who dies in the bomb, Tim? Find out next week when we cover chapters 41 through 45. And the epilogue to finally finish. It's a long book. Fate of the Jedi, book seven, Conviction. I'm Justin. What did I say? I'm burnt out, fireman. Yeah, things aren't going. (sighs) For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.